Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome in to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Lockdown Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, we thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen every day, Monday through Friday, five shows a week downloaded wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DBLCLOE. This is a Tuesday edition of the show. So Gino, that means it's stock up, stock down. We'll get into the positives of that 42 to 30 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles now one and three on this early 2021 season. And we'll get into the negatives too. And I thought it was a mixed bag. I thought our post-game show yesterday, uh, I thought it was pretty clear that we felt really good about the offense and not so good about the defense. And I'm not going to spoil anything. I don't want to get too deep into what we're going to talk about. But at the same time, I think looking at both mine and your stock ups and stock downs, I thought that theme continued for sure after watching the tape. Absolutely. And I can't wait to actually watch it, seeing that we have to go through all these back channels to get it. Just got it right before the show started. Feels like a drug deal almost. Like you got the L22. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like we're dealing yeah, on I the got black market here. just to get enough. Yeah, come on through this yeah. back channel Twitter account. Oh, you want Eagles Chiefs? It's over here. Yeah. It's over here. Yeah, 100%, man. But <laughs> no, I think even going back through the rewatch, it kind of does make a lot of sense that the offensive identity is the passing game. Like, that's what it's going to be. And get it through your head, people. They are not going to run the ball as much as you want them to. Reality has slapped you in the face the last couple weeks. They are going to pass the football. And from top down in this organization, that has been the message. That's why they hired Nick Sirianni, a guy who has been scheming these pass-happy quarterbacks. Did it for three years in Indianapolis with Andrew Luck. He had Phillip Rivers there as well in a year with Jacoby Brissett. And now he's here with Jalen Hurts, who last week, I think Nick Sirianni set Jalen up for success. And the areas that Jalen was weak in, he can continue to improve. And I tweeted yeah. it yesterday, Lou. I don't know if you saw it. Last year, oh, in I like this stat. Yeah, I was going to bring it up. 148 attempts. This is according to Pro Football Reference. Jalen Hurts had 36 passes charted as quote unquote bad throws. That's 26.7%. Through 145 passes in 2021. He only has nine bad throws, which is only 6.4%. Oh, and it also happens to be the lowest in the National Football League. Yeah. So you want to talk about growth, decision-making, in a guy who, yeah, he doesn't have the arm talent to overwhelm you down the field, but he's not making many mistakes this year outside of those couple balls that were underthrown. I can't mm -hmm. think of many terrible decisions that Jalen Hurts has made with the football. You know, there yeah. were times when you were looking at Wentz and the linebacker would come across the middle and you're like, Carson, like, how do you not see this guy dropping into coverage? I haven't really seen Hurts throw into any poor windows and I like to see that growth. And I think there are more areas to improve the red zone for one, mm -hmm. the accuracy yeah. there the throwing more down the middle. He did it much more in this game. If you look at next-gen stats, they charted, I think, 
four to five passes that he completed in the middle of the field, at least 10 yards down. Yeah, the field Gino, it was more well. of a red zone issue this week when it came yeah. to that decision making over the middle. I thought he did utilize the middle way better in between the end zones, but I think when it got deep, that's where the balance comes when it comes to right. like like what you said, the, the bad throw percentage. At the mm -hmm. same time, I think a lot of the time in the red zone this week, there were opportunities and tighter windows to make a play on a touchdown. Instead, he checks it down. I think Jalen Hurts is so into just making a positive play each time that sometimes plays are left on the field. So again, it's just striking that balance. But overall, outside of that, it was hard to be really nitpicky about this performance with Jalen. I think the red zone work is the, the real issue still. But I mean, that was a huge step against the Chiefs. And it wasn't a great defense, but it was against a star quarterback that you had to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with. It was the best quarterback in football. And I thought Jalen finally took huge steps in areas of weaknesses that he really hasn't. Even when he's had good games, it's kind of been because of the things that he was already good at, right? Whereas this mm -hmm. week, it was a huge step throwing into windows with anticipation, making the right decisions in the pocket, not dropping your eyes too much. Still got to improve on that, but mm -hmm. um, overall, just not bailing too easy. And I thought he saw the field way better than he did against Dallas. So stock up certainly to Jalen Hurts. I think a good point that Nick Sirianni made was the idea that they need to improve in the pass game on the scramble drill. If you look at Aaron Rodgers, right, a guy yeah. who loves to negotiate outside of the pocket because he always keeps his eyes down the field, and his receivers know that, mm -hmm. that when Aaron goes out, you got to be making something happen. And I think Jalen Hurts has done a fantastic job in between the 20s keeping his eyes downfield on those scrambles. Yeah. And just at times, it doesn't hook up with the receivers, so he has to, to run it a little bit more often. But once you see that start to click, Lou, the explosive plays are there. Uh, Marcus Mosier over at Lockdown Cowboys, he tweets out every week the amount of explosive plays that they have. They're perfectly even right now with run and pass explosive plays. A lot of them are coming at the hands of Jalen Hurts, even with mm -hmm. his legs. There's times he's picking up 11, 12 yards in chunk coverage. In chunk uh, yardage, I mean, and yeah. the idea that he is growing, I think when he looks at that tape and he sees that he put his eyes down in the red zone, you saw enough growth week over week these first four seasons to say that he has the ability to improve in those areas that he sees are an issue. And I think the coaching staff will harp on that. Nick Sariani said it in his press conference, and it just takes a little more, few more tweaks. He's at 66.6% completion percentage right now, Lou. I don't know what, what more you could want from a guy in his eighth career start, puts up 300 yards in back-to-back -back weeks. They've already scored 30 points two times a season, more than they did all of last year. I think the sky's the limit right now for Jalen as long as everything between the hashes and the sidelines continues to work well. The offensive line has to click. The wide receivers yep. have to continue to get open. Having the second most yards after the catch in the league right now, um, we're gonna get a into great formula. For sure. Great formula to keep your quarterback in rhythm. I, I really like what they did mm -hmm. with Jalen this week. The other thing, Gino, I think sometimes people believe that accuracy can't be taught. It's more of a thing you have or you don't. But I feel like Josh Allen. Not after Josh Allen. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think it's a perfect example of somebody like draft analyst said, it doesn't matter. He can't do it. Like, this is who he is. And I was I mean, one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. But so I think Jalen Hurts this week kind of showed that too. Whereas against Dallas, just missed throws. A lot of it was because right. he was he was late on the passes, but also it was accuracy for sure. Mm -hmm. He was very accurate and decisive against Kansas City, and I, I want to point to three throws, and they were all the Dallas Goddard, and one was um, in the second half 
He steps up. The pressure is going around him. He steps. He climbs the ladder, which is something he doesn't do a whole lot, and mm-hmm. he just drills the pass for like 12 yards over the middle to push the chains to Goddard. The other one was on the left side. like He threw it to the window to the sidelines. Goddard wasn't close to being there yet. And then the one touchdown that got called back, like he put it on the outside, only where Goddard can get it, inbound yep. still. Those three passes, I'm like, dead point accurate, and that's a good sign too. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that point up because if you count that play, the Dallas Goddard touchdown, Jalen Rager doesn't step out of bounds last week. Devontae Smith doesn't step out of bounds this week. Those were some of his most beautiful throws I've ever seen. Talk about putting it in a bread basket. I mean, those were the the perfect football. Like I, I don't want to over be overzealous about it, but to put it where only your receiver could get it is something that Jalen Hurts he showed in flashes last year in his ability passing the ball outside of the hashes down the field, and now with guys that can get open, Devontae Smith, man, some of those throws that they made were just perfectly timed between the two of them. That one on the sideline where Devontae Smith was full extend going towards the oh, sideline. Trust me, I've watched it like 30 times. Puts the, the I mean, that's a perfect throw, Lou. That Nobody yeah. is getting that ball besides Devontae Smith. And he has the body control and a receiver that can do that now in Philly. That's what you want, man. I, I mm-hmm. can't ask for more from these young pieces. Jalen Hurts is eight games into his career, and he's doing things that not many guys in the NFL have ever done. He's doing things that are on par with like a young Colin Kaepernick, which was one of the most electric guys in the NFL at that Mm -hmm. point. Yeah, I think there's a lot of work to be done still, but it was a huge step Absolutely. against Kansas City. I can't wait to dive into the Friday show, Locked on QB1, so we can really get more into Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like Jalen Hurts, Gino, I think head coach Nick Sirianni had a great game outside of the red zone. Those are the That's mm-hmm. the big issue I have with these two right now, but Nick Sirianni's stock up for sure. I thought it was a great game plan, and you mentioned it. And I want to talk about it right now. He got everybody involved, and he really utilized – the yards after the catchability that these weapons have. I mm-hmm. mean, he has a lot of them. The one stat, the Eagles have 696 yards after the catch this year. That's second most in the NFL, surprisingly only behind Detroit. I'm not sure how the Lions are doing that, but um, I'm the Eagles are Brown, Quintess, Cephas, yeah, man, tough wide receivers. Know. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so the Eagles are also some stats on this. And this is great because we've been waiting for this for a long time. The Eagles have not been a run-after-the-catch offense in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're eighth this year in explosive plays with 29. They have 14 receptions of 20-plus yards. They have 15 runs of 10-plus yards. This is what we've been waiting for for years. I mean, Quez Watkins specifically, he leads the NFL with 21.9 yards per catch. And Sirianni said, that's what we're going to do this week. We're going to utilize Devontae Smith in this area. Hasn't really done that a lot this year. Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, Kenneth Gainwell, everybody. And I thought that was a great game plan, and it's why they put up 30 points and they moved the ball whenever they wanted to. They just couldn't punch it in when they needed to do more without space. And Nick Sariani, I think, is his biggest critic right now. And I think the point I made about Jalen Hurts learning from his mistake, I think Nick Sariani has done just the same. Mm -hmm. The idea that he didn't run the ball enough this week is so overblown. I don't care about that at all. (laughs) Let me teach you about an RPO. An RPO won us the Super Bowl. The idea that you can have two plays within one play, a designed run that happens to be a pass, That's a run-pass option, people. There is a design run that an offensive line in its fourth different combination, its 19th combination in the past 20 weeks, let's say, doesn't want to have to rely on running the football 
They want to get the ball out quick out of their young quarterback's hands into their playmaker's hands who are the second best at yards after the catch in the league. What are we not understanding? Yeah, they're just as good at running the football as your running backs are. That's what I'm saying. And and if you watch college at all or even the high school ranks and football at every level, it, it just it's an ebb and flow. What works at a at one level will continue to evolve until it gets to the next level and vice versa. The idea that playmakers and athletes are the next step in the NFL is something Lou and I have been projecting on this show for the last couple of years. And you saw Tyreek Hill take full advantage of that. Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, all of these guys. And now you have the weapons to go up against them. You don't need to run the football. You have the ability to check it down to Kenny Gainwell, to check it down to Miles Sanders, and they could still pick up 10, 11 yards. How many times did they do that? How many times has Quiz Watkins gotten a tunnel screen and taken it 20-plus yards? Devontae Smith has been doing that the last couple weeks. Jalen Rager, the same exact thing. You don't need to run the football in modern NFL. You can supplement it with other things. Just because it isn't a called run and it's not on the stat sheet doesn't mean it wasn't designed into the game plan. And your quarterback is running the football too. I mean, you've got to remember yeah. that. He's on pace That's for what almost 1,000 rushing yards. So it's not like you have no presence on the ground. It's just not in the traditional way that fans are used to. And, um, you know, you, know, you just got to look deeper into it and use context Absolutely. for it. But you're always going to get the run the football people. It's just, it's kind of like in hockey, the guys that scream shoot in the power play. They don't understand. Oh my God, don't works. even get me started with that. <laughs> Trust us, we're from West. New York. We grew up in a hockey town, so um, <laughs> that's how it is. Gino, you mentioned Kenny Gainwell. I mean, stock up for this guy. What a steal in the fifth round. I still, every week I ask the same question to you, like, how? I mean, he was my third overall running back, so I didn't think he should have fell that far. Neither did you, and he's proving that. He looks like one of the best running backs in this class, and he looks just as good as Miles Sanders, if not better so far this year, at least with an efficiency standpoint. I think you and I have been one of the most pro-draft and Memphis running back podcasts in yeah. the entire world. Going back to Tony Pollard, who has been lighting it up in Dallas. We like Daryl Henderson, too. Love Daryl Henderson. Who was my favorite running back last year, Lou? Oh, I forget the name. He's in Washington. And oh, Antonio Gibson. Duh. Antonio yeah. Gibson, former wide receiver, one. now running back. Oh, and then the Eagles draft a guy at pick 150, Lou. 149 other players were picked ahead of Kenneth Gainwell. I cannot believe that in a modern NFL where running backs have to be able to catch the ball, they have to be able to run outside, have to be able to run through the tackles. I think his most impressive feat has been his ability to run through the tackles. We knew he was going to be a He's been there by a red zone running back. Yeah, he's, he's been a pass catcher his whole career. He's been an outside zone slash stretch power runner his mm-hmm. entire career. Could he take it and get it up the middle after a year off of football and his pass protection is improved? Man, I think this, I, I said it earlier with Jalen Hurts. The sky really is the limit with Kenny Gainwell, man. Like, yeah. We texted about this the other day that, Maybe you get Miles Sanders to sign a cheap deal because he knows that he could be expendable with a guy like Kenny Gainwell that you mm-hmm. could just draft in the fifth round and these guys are everywhere. Like, yeah, this really does continue to add on to the, not that running backs don't matter, but you can find them yes. pretty much anywhere. But if yes. you can get a Kenny Gainwell in the fifth round, I don't know why you'd ever take a Travis Etienne in round one. Um, so yeah, Kenneth Gainwell, man, he's looked incredible. Gino, both weapons that you drafted in this draft have looked Awesome. And stock up to wide receiver Devontae course, Smith, man. too, man. Of course. I, I mentioned earlier how we've been waiting for yards after the catch for years. You know what else we've been waiting for 
a true wide receiver one. And, and that's what people to stop have. dropping the football. Yeah. 30 targets this year. Devontae Smith has zero drops, 122 receiving yards against Kansas city. First rookie receiver with the Eagles to have a hundred plus yards in a rookie season since Jordan Matthews in 2014. You mentioned the two sideline grabs at the end of the half. I mean, some of the ways he was getting open in every area of the field, mm -hmm. just destroying corners one-on-one. -on -one. He is as advertised, and that's a good feeling because there hasn't been a lot of players that are as advertised with the Eagles in drafts lately. So to see the Slim Reaper doing what he did at Alabama, it's so fun to watch. And it makes in a year like this where you might not get as many wins as you're used to, having a guy like Devontae Smith making plays, it makes you feel good about the future, and it makes games this year entertaining. That's the thing, Gino. All the guys we're talking about this year, even though they're 1-3, and three, I've had a lot outside of Dallas, I've had a lot of fun watching all of these games so far. They are a fun product, even though they're not a great team right now. I think that was always the assumption that you and I had, is that they'll be a fun Sunday ticket team. That's what I mean, said. Sunday if you're ticket betting, team is exactly what we said. Yeah, yeah if you're betting the over... You got to love watching Philly. I mean, the last two weeks, especially either their defense is going to allow a, a lot of points, which they have. And the Eagles offense has playmakers that can go down the field. I mean, they were a couple penalties away from putting up 40 points themselves in that game. And we talked about that in Atlanta as well. They could have put up 40 plus points. And it comes down to this guy right here, man. When you have somebody that could go up against their best cornerback and get open in any position on the field i mean he's getting open it behind the line of scrimmage he's getting open on quick slants he's getting open on double moves down the field those intermediate crossers in zone mm -hmm. he really does everything and you know what that halftime run where he caught those two passes reminded me of back back. yeah elshon jeffrey in the Jake Elliott 63, 64 yard field goal game against the Giants when Wentz had those two sideline passes to Elshon. And Elshon was always a guy who had good body control on the sidelines. That's how he made his money. But to see a guy who's 165 pounds not care about who he's going up against on the other side of the ball and will take on any physical matchup really is, I mean, just a freak of nature because you've never really seen this type of player. It's tough to come up with a comp for a guy like this because you might have to go back to the days of like Isaac Bruce to see a guy this skinny that's as good of a route runner and as good in traffic with his hands, with his body control. It is just a marvel to watch this guy play. It really is beautiful. We're going to have some more positives coming up in segment two. We've got to hit one quick break. We'll get into some more stock ups, and then we'll get into some stock downs as well, Gino, coming up because it was a loss, and there are some things, especially in defense, this team needs to fix this year, but I think some of it you can't really fix mm -hmm. until next year. That's coming up next right here on Stock Up, Stock Down on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. And if you're listening to the Locked on Eagles podcast, you've probably heard us talk about bet online and mm -hmm. – good thing we do on Fridays and we tweet out our graphic every week and we're on is, fire uh, fuego Lou we do the LOE three we're 11 and one in the past two weeks mm -hmm. I'm up 5.8 units lose up 2.8 units together you could be up almost seven and a half units that's a lot of money if you're betting online at betonline.ag with their new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, the ability to create your own player props is something I've never seen before. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to their website today using your phone, computer, mobile device, and sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus using the promo code LOCKEDON on your first 
deposit. From football, basketball, boxing, NHL's coming back, Lou. NBA's coming back as well. Your favorite Vegas casino games. Put 24 in roulette for me. My lucky number, I always play it. Don't wait to take advantage of all your maybe amazing offers available in 2021. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, this is Locked on Eagles. Guys, we thank you for making your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Locked on Eagles, your first listen every day. Today is Stock Up, Stock Down, Week 5 edition. Still recapping that 42-30 to 30 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. The Eagles now 1-3 and three on the season. Gino, we'll get back into some positives in Segment 3, but I think we should start Segment 2 with Stock Down. And I think it has to start on the defensive side of the football. Mm -hmm. And before we get into Jonathan Gannon, before we get into some other players here, it's been pretty disappointing. Um, A guy that we haven't really talked about a lot this year is Fletcher Cox. And it's been a really disappointing season for a guy that has the biggest salary cap hit on this football team that's currently on the team. The fact that he's ranked 50th out of 63 interior defenders from PFF this year, the fact that he's 35th out of 39 players in pass rush productivity, defensive tackles that have pass rush at least 50% of their snaps. He only has five tackles, zero tackles for a loss, zero sacks, zero QB, QB hits. I mean, is he hurt? Is he regressing this significantly in his 30s? I don't know, man, but Fletcher Cox, I mean, is this Alshon Jeffrey 2.0 where you know, you try to hold on to him and he just collapses. I mean, Fletcher Cox has been uh, the difference between him and Javon Hargrave right now. It's not even close and it's pretty disappointing. What I saw from week one, I still think he has the juice in him. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't it's think that. he's completely I think, shot. No, he's not I the think, elite for what he's, what he's getting paid like is an Aaron Donald and he's not even close. I do say I tweeted out this video from Jason at Over the Cap. He did a 25-minute breakdown of Fletcher Cox's restructure, and it actually is a pretty good deal. Like how they restructured it, it opens up optionality that they can do a June 1st type of deal. They won't have as much money to carry forward. They kind of kick it down the road when the salary cap is going to go up. Uh, I mean – crazy amounts. It's not as bad as people think. It's nowhere near that $40 million dead number that is on uh, over the cap currently. But I agree, Lou. I've always had this conundrum with Fletcher Cox. There's stretches like five to six games at a time where he'll go and he won't really record anything. And then he'll get back on track. And I I hope that he gets back on track like that. But at the same time, I I, want to see all 22 before I really comment on what happened in this game. But I've seen in the first couple games this year, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, these guys are getting one-on-ones because teams are – I mean, Dallas has doubled Fletcher Cox for a decade plus. Like, that's just what they do. They know that's how they have to beat him. They have Zach Martin there. That's how they beat him for the last 10 years. But to see what he did the week before that was questionable. Week one, he had the juice. Once I see the All-22, I'll be able to comment more. But a guy like this, he doesn't always show up on the stage, but – I think you can make hustle plays and you can make just snap the whistle plays that guys like Josh Sweat and Hargrave are making. There are times when you could see Fletcher Cox just may not be interested all the way through the mm-hmm. through the rap, you know. But That's a good point. A, a guy like this, if he gets back on track, he's still one of the best interior rushers in the league. We know that. It's just and I don't want to be because he's not no, 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 thirty eight and like defensive linemen like this. This style should be able to play late into their thirties. So 
you know, I don't want to have to look to get rid of yeah. him already this year or next year, but he's just not nearly impactful enough for what they're paying him and what he's supposed right. to be. Again, it's what he's supposed to be is the disappointment. I don't yeah. want to pay a guy a decoy that much, even though, yes, no. he is clearing up space for this defensive line. It's, again, what the expectations versus the reality of what he is right now. Uh, yeah. You know, your stock down here is for Band-Aid signings, and this is on the defensive side of the football. And Howie Roseman, a little bit of a hypocrite compared to when he first came in to be GM. He kind of took a shot at Chip Kelly talking about Band-Aid signings and how they weren't going to do this in this new era. But on defense, I mean, every Band-Aid signing they have right now has been a disaster, and they don't have the young prospects on the second and third level to replace them because, I mean, as much as I prioritize offense too, the last four or five drafts, all they've taken is offense. I tweeted that they really need to take the 2020 Carolina Panthers draft strategy of drafting only defensive players and take that into 2022 mm-hmm. because that might be the necessity right now. Jalen Hurts needs to, again, people say that I don't want Jalen Hurts to develop and be the guy. Trust me, I do because they need. Uh, Lou is the one who be, wants it the most. <laughs> That's because I'm watching these linebackers yeah. and the safeties you do not have, the cornerback depth you do not have, and it's like me, Adam. Yeah, Nazir Adderley looks great. Listen to me too. Asante Samuel Jr. looks. I'll notice, you know, they're just Derwin James. They're all on the Chargers. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> unfortunate. I mean, even the guys like the Juan Thornhills, who's right. he didn't play. He he wasn't in that game this week. He was injured. Um. Mm-hmm the Darnell Savages of the world, you're seeing that you have to have guys that you can at least be able to play a dime package. They don't even have that right now because you look at, you sign Anthony Harris, you sign Eric Wilson. Okay, we're quote-unquote good at these two positions. No, no, no. When you put a Band-Aid on, like underneath is not the prettiest image, you know? Like the Band-Aid covers it up to make it look good in public. When you go out to the grocery store, you don't want to have an open wound just gushing. You want to put the Band-Aid over it to make it look a little better. Anthony Harris and Eric Wilson are just a piece of duct tape over a cracked concrete wall that we call the the, the back seven, which right now is one of the worst in, in football. And mm-hmm. it comes down to not putting the resources in, not prioritizing that position, and just sitting on your hands and not playing the guys who should like yeah. Sean Bradley needs to be in the game more. Davian, Davian Taylor. Taylor needs to be in the game more. If you're going to get 100 space over the middle, Gino, and you're going to continue to play deep cover too, and this is also stocked down to Jonathan Gannon in this way as well. If you're going to continue to play this kind of defense where all you care about is stopping deep plays, even on third and two, third and one, it was pathetic seeing some of the plays this week that they just gave up on. They didn't care right. if they got 15 yards or under. If you're going to play like that, at least have the linebacker you know can move in space and Davian Taylor, and he's just not cracking the lineup. It's Yeah, I agree with you. The Band-Aid signings, with this is on Howie Roseman. This is on Jonathan Gannon. I get that in a rebuild. It's more than a one-year process. So far, they've prioritized offense. They've prioritized the trenches, and I get they're always going to invest in those positions, quarterback, trench play as well, wide receiver. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean – I know you don't take linebackers high, but that doesn't mean it's kind of like running back. Just because you can get running backs later doesn't mean they don't matter. It doesn't mean you ignore the position. Same thing with linebacker and same thing with safety. You were able to get by for so long because of Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod. You can't do that anymore. You eventually have to put in some sort of real asset into that position and into linebacker too. You can't band-aid it for years and years. And the thing is – they did band-aid it for so long, and there's only so many times you could go, okay, we'll cover it up with a, a, a one-year signing. We'll cover it. And then it's like mm-hmm. four years later, 
and you're, you don't have Malcolm Jenkins. Rodney McLeod is on the tail end of his career. Nigel Bradham's gone. You didn't sign Jordan oh, Hicks, who's killing it with Arizona. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Lou, and they have to, and I think we have to change our opinion on the idea of linebackers because the Devin Bushes, the Devin Whites of the world, like but these I, guys I say, are making Give us some difference. credit, though. Like Me and you both agreed that while we don't want the defense to be based on linebackers, we don't want to invest first-round picks in them consistently, we did say you need that one guy, that do-it-all three-down player, yeah. and they don't like have Like Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, who you very much wanted to draft this year. Very badly. Playing excellent, or I mean, highest even, graded uh, rookie so far, pure uh, PFF. I bet if we drafted Jabril Cox, who is now in Dallas and he's just sitting there because they have so many linebackers, right, we'd probably be starting this week, this in year. Philadelphia. And Davian Taylor, like that is the guy that is what you want at that position, a guy that you yep. could put at that overhang, the guy that you could put on the inside, the guy that will track down somebody going to the sideline. Play him more. Like, I know he's injured, like, with this calf injury, but if he's healthy, there is no reason Eric Wilson should ever be allowed to run himself into an offensive lineman or a second-level blocker ever again for this team. It's inexcusable. We went through Nate Geary, and this guy's making a case to be just as bad as Nate Geary. It's who funny I genuinely because we thought said, was one of the worst linebackers yeah. I've ever seen in my life. I remember we said there. It doesn't matter who we draft or sign because you can't do worse than Nate Geary. But I mean, you haven't done much better, buddy. Which is crazy. Eric Wilson but it's true. stinks. Yeah, stinks is not even the yeah. way a, a good way to put it. He is a bad yeah. football player. And you know, I think you know again. Jonathan Gannon strapped when it comes to personnel. He was asked today about sure. why he's not using dime more. And he said, we're just not a dime defense. I hope he just means based on personnel and it's not this closed minded. That's not what we do type of thing, mm -hmm. because that's crazy and not what I thought we were getting in Jonathan Gannon. I thought we were getting a more open-minded player. I do understand that personnel issue. You don't have enough defensive backs, especially with Kayvon Wallace hurt right now to use, you know, six plus defensive backs. But my issue still is that look at your linebackers. You really don't have the talent. You have more depth there, but you don't have the talent there either to be using linebackers as much as you are. And again, it's just overall, my issue is situational defense. Again, third and two, you're still playing 20 yards deep. In the red zone, the Tyree Kill touchdown, nobody's touching him, getting a hand on him. Eric Wilson's the closest player. I understand you don't have the personnel, but what are you going to do when there's four wide receivers out there? You can't have, I know Marcus Epps is not a good player, but I'd rather have Marcus Epps out there who at least can move in space 10 plus yards down the field than the continuous snaps of Jannard Avery and Eric Wilson. And even Alex Singleton hasn't been that good this year. If you want to use a guy, again, it's it's got to be Davian Taylor or Sean Bradley if you want to use linebackers. And they're not even playing the right guys at that position that they're featuring. So it's just overall on defense, man. It's an absolute mess right now. It is. It's not what I like to see. It's not what I grew up on. Or 83 points, you know, in the last two weeks, they've given up in over 850 yards. That was, I think, the worst stretch since 2015, oh, which I, I was at the, the game. Were. Yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the Tampa Bay game when Ooh, uh, James Winston. <laughs> oh, man, they got lit up uh, between Detroit and then between Tampa Bay. That was a brutal stretch, my friend. And here we are again getting lit up on defense, and I feel bad for the front. Like, Javon Hargrave is having a great year, so it was dropped. Five sweat. sacks like, already. Yeah, and 
they just can't cover the pass. Like they can't protect the pass. The guys that are supposed to defend the run are just getting blown out of the water in the second level. They don't have the personnel to run three safeties, which if Marcus Epps has to be the third guy over Eric Wilson at this point, I'm taking him. Like there's, there's nothing else you can do with this guy. I think you see what he is. He's a guy who gets blown off the gap. The, the reason they're allowing so many yards is because they don't have the guys to to clean up the spill. Have they the considered using Zach McPherson? Maybe I mean I don't know, man. Try Dude, something. I, I thought about that, especially with how bad Steven Nelson is playing. Like he yeah. just refuses to get his hands on anybody. He he is disinterested in playing football. I feel like mm-hmm. when I see him out there, even in zone coverage, which he had Tyreek Hill on that one touchdown. He wasn't even close to him. Like you're, you're just yeah. gonna give Tyreek Hill all that room. Zone like, isn't an excuse to take a playoff and it's just zone man. And it's zone man. If you yeah. don't have a guy in your zone, Find but one. if you do have a guy in your zone, you pick up that man. If you don't have a guy in your zone, you go yeah. find work. It's like offensive line. If you can't find a guy, you mm-hmm. go find one. They got to draft a corner this year. They got to draft a safety. They need linebacker help. They need a lot of help on the defensive side of the football. Uh, Gina, one more stock down. I'm not going to say much, but Ryan Kerrigan looks shot. He leads the NFL this year in snaps played on defense without a tackle, which is not great. Oh, my and, God. Uh, that's so, terrible. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, that is uh, not great. We'll get into the positives, though, again. We'll wrap up the show with some positives coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. Guys, today's show is sponsored by Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Save time and money. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same auto parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Head over to rockauto.com. They have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. They're a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And best of all, their prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore again. They're easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Make sure you write down locked on L O C K E D O N in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. This is Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Guys, we thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. We're available Monday through Friday on any podcast platform. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri wrapping up this Tuesday edition of the show. It's Stock Up, Stock Down. Gino, we did some Stock Down on segment two. It was mostly all, it was all defense. Getting back into the positives, uh, Stock Up, going back to offense, for the offensive line, and they were bruised and battered, four or five starters out. How about the job of Jeff Stoutland? We touched on it a little bit on the last show, but not nearly enough. I mean, the work is masterful from Stout. He should be in Ken. Like, there shouldn't be a debate. He should be. We're talking about quarterbacks elevating talent. Like, this is a coach, a position coach that elevates more than I've seen. It's incredible. I mean, the guy is the run game coordinator, for goodness sake. Like, he designs every block in the world. He knows how to coach guys. He knows mm-hmm. how to develop guys. He knows how to face adversity. And it's not just this year. It's not just last year. It's not just the year before that. It's not just the Super Bowl run. It's been a decade for this mm-hmm. guy. He, he was at Alabama before that. And I think that's a huge reason and they tried why to steal him back, Gino, because I know, know how I, good he is. I was terrified when that was yeah. a, a possibility. And I think the Eagles should have been very terrified as well. And I would have gave that guy a blank check and said, here, Jeff, like whatever you want, we will keep you. And it's even more evident now when 
you're yet again on another combination. will probably be on another combination come this Sunday of offensive line and they don't skip a beat. Mm-hmm. Whatever the weaknesses are, you really can't tell because they cover them up so well. Stout yep. just has that pulse of his offensive line better than any position coach in football. I, I'll say maybe in the last decade, like he is yeah. truly a, a remarkable coach to see what he can do. And he really does care for his guys. Like I love hearing him talk about his press conferences and when Jordan was signed, like how proud he was of yeah. him. And or even big V back in the day. Isaac Sayamalu and how much he always yeah. just like drops that well, guy. Sayamalu is another guy that started slow and he developed yeah. as well. I mean, it seems like every guy, even Andre Dillard, like hasn't been bad these last no. two weeks. I mean, Nate Herbig has been good. Jack Driscoll's developed really well the way he cross trains these players and you know, they have talent, but not all of them are like, they're not first round prospects right. outside of Dillard. So yeah, it's been an incredible performance by Jeff Stoutland for sure. Stock up uh, one more Gino kicker, Jake Elliott. My King right now, the, the outside of Aaron. God, Cause he's not been in the good graces of Eagles fans for since 2017. No, uh, Mike Clay said that he, went back and this isn't of ESPN because you had that discrepancy yes. when I texted you Mike Clay's <laughs> yeah. name today. Mike Clay, the the special teams coordinator said that Jake went back to basics. He got his rhythm back. He, he got his timing. He got his footwork back and the kid has been perfect, Lou. I mean, he's second all time in field goals in Eagles history yeah. and David Akers. That's a big feat. Like to see where they had that stretch where it was every year it was a new guy. Somebody would get injured, Alex Henry. Um, or be a young guy that starts fast the first year and drops off. It was Alex Henry. It was Cody Parkey. Yes, Cody um, Parkey was, as yeah. well. Who was the other guy that Caleb they had? Caleb Sturgis right? was there. Caleb Sturgis right before uh, Jake Elliott came He got a concussion then, because a ball hit him in the head on a punt. And then they signed Jake Elliott off Cincinnati's practice squad. Yes. And the rest is history. The rest is I history. Mean, you, you talk about we talk about all the time with Howie. Like, yes, maybe maybe that those top one or two draft picks and some of the top signings don't work. But when he makes money and makes moves, it's in the crumb signings. It's guys like your long snapper, like your punter, like your kicker. He just continually prioritizes those positions, and you can't sit on your hands there in special teams, especially when their return return units aren't playing as well as they are. The field goals kept them in the game the last couple weeks. And Jake Elliott, not missing field goals, not missing extra points. Keep points on the board because in a young Eagles team, they need as many as they possibly could get. And Elliott has been the saving grace for them the last couple weeks. 100%. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow for another show. We've got one Thursday, crossover Thursday with Locked On Panthers, a Friday show as well, Locked On QB1. Three more episodes this week. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. We're always talking birds on Twitter at Locked On Birds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DBASI. L-O-E. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.